Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Got, got David and Edward here. Yes, Edward's back. Max is uh, Max is uh, having. A, he's got a busy life right now. You know, I think he's teaching about four classes right now. Um, yeah, he's smart. All about how much Everton suck at the minute. So yes, every single yeah. one of them. They're worth 0.25 credits a piece. Uh, so guys. Uh, we have kind of a, a beefy show um, because we've we've been kind of holding off a bit on some recording, mainly because I've been sick again. I, I'm literally I, I, I've caught everything in the past month, uh, and I'm sorry. But uh, so we'll be doing. We will start be a do- hashtag in the comments. Pray for Jerry. Yeah, please. I could use it. I'd appreciate it. Uh, so. Um, so, we, but we will be doing. We'll, we'll be starting things off with a belated West Brom reaction, kind of, kind of the aftermath. The dust has settled. How are we feeling now? We've gotten past our initial grr, and how much grr do we have left? And will our will logic prevail more now than knee jerk? Uh, we shall see. Uh, let's go through the rest of the show um, for the podcast. Uh, we need to talk about Aaron Lennon a little bit. He's off. Uh, and what could th- what this could mean if for some reason he helps them finish above us. Uh, next, uh, uh, Seamus Coleman played with the U23s. Uh, so did Luke Garbett. Um, and there was and it was a pretty sound performance by the U23s. We could talk about that for a little while. Uh, next, uh, Silva. Silva at Watford has been sacked. If you thought the whole manager weird situation couldn't get any stranger... Now there's this, with Sam's form dipping and Silva available now for zero money instead of 15 million. What happens? We'll talk about that some, and we'll finish it off with a little discussion because apparently Everton are in discussion with a current European director of football. What does that mean for Walsh? Uh, what does that mean for Everton? Uh, we'll go get into that in a little bit. So, gentlemen. We need to discuss the West Brom match. Now that now that our ire has simmered a bit, has it is it steeped? Is it still you know, are you guys still angry about this? Yeah. Edward nods, David, how how about how about thou? Uh, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I've felt all season watching Evan, to be honest. I'm no more angry than I've been all year, so hmm. I think I can imagine Edward's probably gonna go. We're gonna go good cop, bad copy, and maybe Edward will be bad cop, and I'll just kind of weigh in with something less less aggressive. But um, I just want to point out that normally Edward is not the aggressive, you know, crow magnon critique. He's not usually bringing that. So this is. I mean, I mean, if you saw the instant match reaction, I was, I went hell bent and said a swear well, word. Every man is a Said every man has a breaking point. I think we've uh, the toffees have finally broke Edwards. <laughs> so, so uh, just to throw it out there, we drew one one one, uh, and we only drew because of a uh, our our prince Omar, Umar. Uh, yeah, Edwards' fave. 
I, 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 I'm not against Omar scoring goals. So, Edward, do you want to go ahead and get out yeah. what you need vent and get it out now because you've been holding it in but, since? I mean, it's kind of, like I said on that match reaction, I'm not – disappointed or sad with the result because of the fact I'm used to it so much. I'm really just angry, angry at how the game actually went. I mean, I'll, ask, I'll start my little rant with a question, all right, to both of you. What game, these games, Huddersfield, Swansea, Liverpool in the Premier League, what do all of those have in common? All of those had one DM in the lineup. Only Gay was played defensively. Hmm. And that resulted in either wins or draws. Now, he's when he brought in the two DMs, it sort of just brought it all apart. I mean, we got lucky, especially in the Newcastle game when it really started. And we got lucky with the fact that they hit the post so many times. And then he, he gave up with big games, such as like Spurs. and This is really just a rant at Allardyce, in all honesty, but... Schneiderlin's then brought in, and to be honest, I thought Schneiderlin had one of his worst ever games in an Everton shirt against West Brom. Um, and I really, really just hope he's never brought, never touches an Everton shirt again. I've gotten to that much. I don't respect him in that way. And especially if you watched it in during the match as well and saw, I mean, I've got it on my vlog, but... As soon as that substitution is made, all right, Nias came on, he scored. But everyone was booing at the fact that he was taking a striker off for another striker against a team like West Brom when we should be going to win the game. Everyone was booing at that, and it was it just sent a weird atmosphere in the stadium. So yeah, his tactics and that are really starting to pee me off, and I'm actually tempting. I'm normally on his side, but he's pushed me over the edge now. Quick question. You mentioned those earlier games, uh, Swansea, Huddersfield. Uh, was Tom Davies in the starting lineup? I thought for some reason we had kind of Rooney and Davies playing kind of very close to uh, Gay in uh, mm-hmm. in those games. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, my memory is obviously going to be flawed <laughs> sometimes. See, I, do, I do know what you mean, but it was like a – it was just – one midfielder there that was there for the defensive purposes. Mm-hmm. He was there to win the tackles. Because the way I see it, if we're going to go for formations with just one defensive midfielder and not two, you put one defensive mid in and he is there to stay behind the halfway line and like clear the ball or stop the ball so then defenders can get rid of it or he can then pass it on to one of the more creative players. Whereas if you've got two, they're sort of they're sharing the responsibility which doesn't need to be shared. Plus, they're taking on sort of the more creative players. So, in a way, the creative player, like Sigurdsson against West Brom, is pointless being there, and it's better to have maybe two strikers up front. Hmm. I don't know. That, that's sort of my view on it, but I just hope Schneiderlin doesn't play again. Because <laughs> uh, he was shocking. All right, David. Good good cop. Hmm. Yeah, that yeah, to be honest, I can't I can't play that role. I didn't think so. so. I, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. It's all the dream. I couldn't deliver and I'm afraid. Um yeah, I agree with Edward. I thought the best way I could describe describe Schneiderman at the moment is a coward. And I I've never seen somebody play so many sideways balls uh in ninety minutes than I did on 
on Saturday. Um, yeah, um, I thought he was shocking. I just think Everton in a dark place now. Um, we're, we're very similar to before. Allardyce come in, I think, you know, Allardyce got back in because we, we wanted to try and get behind him because I believe that's what Evertonians do, despite him not being our choice. Um, and some decent results help, but it just turned sour too quick. Um, and we're now in a position where I don't think Allardyce is good enough to turn it round. People are already off the Allardyce uh, train, and it's just it's just depressing. It's a real dark time to be in Evertonian, and nothing about that result surprised me at all. To be honest, I don't even think Everton deserved the point. West Brom were the better team, and they were chasing the three points at the end of the game as well. Um, I agree with Edward again. I think we should have should have went two up, but that's that that's obvious. But did anyone anyone? I mean, did either of you two? think that we were ever going to go two up and that for me I knew to, it was going to be Tosin coming off for, for Nias um, and I just feel sorry for the two lads who've come in Walcott and Tosin I think if I if I was going into this this club at the moment I'd be asking myself why, why I've come in because we play terrible football the atmosphere is terrible um, there's no leaders on the pitch it's just it's just poor completely and utterly poor and West Brom was just a perfect example of this Evans side right now. So, guys, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions because uh, tipping my hand here, um, I wasn't able to record the game, so I had to learn everything through extended highlights and match of the day. So I didn't get any sense of the flow of the game. All right, Based on the highlights, it didn't look as bad, but... When I sit there and I read the comments and the analysis from people that saw the entire game, it seems pretty grim. And I don't think those highlights are indicative of how the game actually went. So mm. if we're talking about what, what prevented us from winning, I've, I've got a list here of the different things that people are mentioning. Um, what prevented us from winning? Defensive miscommunication, uh, lack of offensive chemistry, uh, no balance of attack since we have no left back, um, or uh, or no midfield connection when we go from back to front. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say it's a little bit of all of those things, or is there one particular thing that you guys think stands out more than the others? I think really uh, uh, the midfield connection thing is sort of bang on because every point during that match, it felt a bit like the Burnley game. I thought actually it was going to turn out like the Burnley game because way West Brom settled for it and they just really dug dug deeper and just wanted it more and it was weird as well all the midfielders looked like they didn't want to touch the ball so it looked like a massive gap in the team where the defenders had to pass it over to the attackers and just it made no sense to do it but yeah I, I'd actually agree with all those I don't know what David thinks but yeah uh, I think it is a mixture of everything. I think the main main thing is there's too many cowards in the team. There's nobody willing to pick the ball up and make something happen, um, which is then leading us to not defend as a unit, not attack as a unit. Um, everyone just scattered about. And I've, I've said all year, I feel as if um, Everton always look like they're playing with 10 men because they always seem to just not be able to 
close the ball down and whenever we're attacking we we never seem to have any players in and around the ball looking to pick it up moving forward um so yeah the best way to describe it is it just feels like Evan always down to 10 men I think that just comes down to the fact that I can't even explain it we just we just look at gang of misfits mm. you know the team look at gang of misfits mm. the uh, shelving unit starting to fall apart in a way Mm. So, you mentioned Walcott and Tosun. Uh, how do we feel? How do how do they play? How do they look? Um, you go with the David. Yeah, I thought I thought Walcott looked okay. I think he was definitely rusty, and there was times where he he wasn't say in the game as such. But that's no criticism to him. Um, I said he. He assisted as well, which is a lot more than most of our wingers have done this year. Um, so I was, I was happy with Walcott. Tosin, I just feel so sorry for. I mean, he's come mm. from he's come from a side that looked to control play, look a lot of attacking uh, intent, and he's come to this Everton side that just looked to hoof the ball forward when they're defending. Don't try and go out with the ball; just maintain the shape in their own half. And he's just running around chasing shadows. Um, so I, I feel like we can't even judge him at the moment. Said so I feel really sorry for him coming mm. into this. Ad. It's just you're right. It's, it is a dramatic yeah. change going yeah. from. I mean, Besiktas they they attack so quickly. You watch them play for a little while, and they are potent. You know, mm. I mean, if you, I mean, you're right. One of the, the the big themes that I've noticed in recent matches for Everton is. Literally, the the back line ball gets to them. They clear it out instead of looking to pass it out. There's very little controlled passing out of the back. It's very much just like just get it out as quickly as possible. It's Big Sam saying, "Play it simple." I, I almost feel like it's too simple because mm-hmm. usually back line clears it out. Other team gets the ball, passes it around. We manage to intercept or block it, clear it out, and then it's rinse repeat. Over and over, it's the same thing. And it's, it's just the defensive thing. nature he is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. not even. I mean, I hate I hate just a lot as you said the route one option every time and a long ball. But what I find most depressing is at, at least go out with the ball and at least as a unit get up the pitch and put mm-hmm. their centre backs under some pressure when when they collect that ball. But as I said, it's always like clear and reset, clear and reset, kick it as far as we can up the pitch. And then just stick to our positions and wait for the ball to come back on. Like the attacks away waivers again. And I mean, even has anyone seen Everton take a kick off this season without it going to a centre back and hoofing the ball? Yeah. I haven't. I definitely I, haven't. I haven't seen one. Why? Why would you do that when when the the whole opposition is in their own half? You've got at least maybe seven or eight players around you. Why are we not looking to pass the ball? It, it, it to me it screams. Don't concede, don't concede, get the ball up the end of the pitch and let's, let's like, structure it up. Yeah. And that, that says a lot about the mentality at the moment. I mean, I can, I can really think of this saying where it's, I think it's something like the best, the best way to defend is to attack and, you, you know, yeah. attacking with the ball to make sure. And if you're, with, if you're attacking with the ball, you're further from your own net, you're closer to the other net and they've not, the other team's not got the ball. So that, that is basically the best way to defend, isn't it? Yeah. it's just the complete opposite of what we're doing yeah. and every time I mean my dad's got this really big pet peeve he rates Pickford really highly but he says 
if he didn't have such a defensive mind as to just completely hoof the ball up, because if you watch them for the past couple of games, what he does is he hoofs the ball up uh, to the main striker when there's only one there, it goes, runs past all the defenders, and then half the team is still inside our half. So it's just pointless, and then it goes straight back to them. And if he holds it for another couple of... I think, actually, everyone's too panicky. Everyone's too panicky to get rid of the ball. If everyone just settled for maybe, like, five seconds, you know, Pickford holds the ball for five seconds, waits for everyone to get in position to be ready to get the ball, then that's happens. And it's the same with every part of the pitch. Everyone's ready with the ball, keep calm, pass it around, and it works. But... Yeah. Here's here's uh, what I would say the biggest frustration for me is the fact that if we're just clearing it out, what I expect at a bare minimum is defensive organization. I yeah. expect our back line to be communicating, and I'm sorry, but their, their goal uh, when I'm watching that, I mean, it's just a clear-cut case of a back line no, not knowing who's supposed to be on who. Right? There was no one. With, I mean, Holgate's expecting him to be offside. Who's supposed to Who's supposed to be there? Williams had pulled up, mm. you know, trying to make some kind of tackle, you know, up the field. And he leaves Holgate by himself in the middle. Somebody needs to be covering back there to help. Uh, I mean, there's no communication. If we're going to play defensive, then damn it, you better do it right. Yeah. I think as well, um, I know I'm still going on about Schneidlin not being, shouldn't be in the team and all that. But if you look at, if you look, I think, at quite a few attempts on goal um, that West Brom had, it's all because of either McCarthy or Schneiderlin uh, not going in for a tackle, mainly Schneiderlin, um, especially for the for the goal that we conceded. Schneiderlin does not go in for the tackle to try and get the ball. I think it was off Krakowiak, I think it was. Um, and... Then it's sort of like Williams is getting sick of it, so he's like, nope, screw this, I've got to go and get the ball because you're not going to do it. And it's like you say, David, he's a bit of a coward with it at the minute. Go, not going in for the ball, or at least if Williams is going to go in for it, like you say, Jerry, he needs to track back and get into Williams' position so then at least we're not like having a massive gap. And that happened so many times in the game. And in fact, I think I'll go as far to say I think Schneiderlin was at fault for McCarthy's injury. Because mm. if you if you look at it, he tried to do. They didn't move the ball forward. Schneiderlin passed it to McCarthy. McCarthy then decides to try and take it back and put it back to Schneiderlin. Schneiderlin does this like weird run with the ball thing when it's clear he's going to get out marked and muscled, which then puts uh, Rondon through from a pass. McCarthy then has to track back an awful and get that awful injury. Mm. Okay, that's my rap done. I don't know. I bet it's going to come back. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I can't make any guarantees. <laughs> um, so a few a few notes on this one. Uh, we, we you mentioned McCarthy's in- injury. We should mention it. It's terrible. Um, he's going to be gone for a while. Similar injury to Coleman's double leg break. He's already had surgery. People have been really supportive. Uh, it's a bummer. He was just now getting back to fitness. Um, yeah, it's awful. Rondon, you know, in tears on the field. Just an awful scene. Um, I, I, there's really nothing to say on that other than you, you hope he's, uh, you hope he has a swift recovery. And it seemed yeah. pretty damn unintentional. You know, a little bit different than Coleman's. Um, so uh, also last, uh, Omar. Sam says we're going to keep Omar. 
you know, he's won his points this season. Uh, he, frankly, I don't, I still don't think he's a starter. But the fact that he can come off the bench with about 25 minutes left and, and nip us a goal, yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, I don't think he's super high quality or whatever, but he's gotten results. Here's, here's the thing with the ass, right? I believe he is a good striker in a partnership. Let's say yeah. or two. I think he is in the wrong generation in the Premier League because you know four four two was the formation, say a decade ago. Now nobody plays it. Mm-hmm. I think if he had a target man up top with him, because he does score goals, he's got no all round kind of capabilities away from the goal but in front of goal he does find a net so I think he'd be a great uh, poacher with a target man but as I said nobody plays that formation anymore I think it's his, it's to his detriment mm. I think it's a really I think the one I think the one time we did actually because actually that's what I've been thinking about as well in the Burnley game we did try a 4-4-2 didn't we and I think it was Calvert-Lewin up top with Rooney now, Cavalier being sort of the target man role for there, if Rooney had a bit more pace, which Nias does, then it might have worked on that day. Mm. But of course, Nias wasn't getting played at that time. Not really, no. no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad he's in the side. I think he's got a great attitude. I like the fact that we can throw him on and he can maybe make something happen. I think he makes yeah. something happen. I think he presses well. He's athletic. He's physical. Uh, I don't think he's got a great footballing brain. Whatever. I'm glad he's on the team. I'm glad he's going to stay. I just don't know that if we're hoping to threaten for top six next, next season, I don't necessarily think he's an answer on that. But, you know, I don't think he's a starter, but I like the idea of throwing him in. You know, I think we all know the uh, answer from Max, don't we? <laughs> well, yeah, well, he doesn't really. Well, he likes him, but he knows that we've got to get rid of him, basically. Yeah, he doesn't really rate him. You know, I mean, I think that's that's overall sort of the way a lot of people feel, you know. Um, but right now, I don't think we're in a position to sell him at all. You know, uh, it'd, like, it'd just be stupid. Although it would be an Everton thing to do. Yeah. If you're gone, summer. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's every transfer window. Nias could be gone. Anything else? Any last little bits on West Brom? Or are we good? No, I'm... Yeah, let's let's put it to bed. Another yeah. another terrible result. Yeah, yeah. This is like group it's therapy, okay. essentially. Um, we all talk it out. We we hear each other out. You know, get it out. Uh, so, My name's Edward, and I'm an Evertonian. <laughs> that's that's the way it starts, right there. Uh, <laughs> so so that's it for our West Brom aftermath segment. So uh, it's official. Aaron Lennon has left the building. Uh, he's moved on to Burnley. We mentioned this last week in our uh, transfer rumors video, how it seemed like it was pretty much a done deal. Now it is a done deal. So, guys, uh, quick little uh, opinions on this transfer. David, what do you got? Um, yeah, I think it's about right. I think he's... I think nobody can fault his attitude, which is why he's he's leaving with um, in such high esteem. But yeah, I, I think it was probably for the best because uh, I don't think he's going to feature too much. We seem to be very um, winger heavy now at the club, um, and when That's you're looking at weird. yeah, to me that one up, guys. Um, 
But if, if you were if you were there to do your own pecking order, you, you probably wouldn't have Lennon in the top three. Um, but I think he's actually had a really good season for us. Um, so I think we sold him at the right time. And yeah, just wish him, wish him well. I still think he'll offer something to Burnley. Um, so good luck to him. Edward? Yeah, I think, I think I'll just echo his thought, David's thoughts. I think definitely it was the right time to sell him, but I'm glad he had a bit of form so then we can ease up. I guess in a way he sort of earned the move because he definitely earned the chance to be uh, getting first-team football because he's, he's an all-round great guy with his passion and that. And there's nothing more I can really say than, you know, the best of luck to him. He's going to, I reckon he'll do really well at Burnley. Uh, big respect to Unsworth bringing him back in the side. Um, I think him coming back, his play was a big part of trying to get some energy in our play. Uh, he he did a really good job uh, getting back on defense. To be honest, with a short little period, he and Kenny were playing together. I thought their partnership was actually doing all right. Uh, not mm-hmm. a bad, not a bad little situation. Um, so, and he, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. You know, he dealt with a very difficult situation, uh, having some emotional uh, difficulties, which I think almost every single person I know has gone through that. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, and the fact that he worked through that, the club supported him through that, the, the, the Everton supporters, everybody's been, I feel like they've been really great to him. And thus you can, you know, he's, you see that in his message to fans and everyone, mm-hmm. his, his goodbye. Uh, everybody has a lot of respect for him. Um, I think the only thing that I've heard that would be a little uh, kind of a caveat in this particular situation is the fact that we've we've sold him to Burnley. Um, uh, I think one of the comments we got on the last video when we discussed this, I think it was Big Bad One mentioned uh, that oh he's gonna yeah he's I, I, I like I, Big Bad One. I'm a big yeah, fan big. of Big Bad One. Uh, so. <laughs> Big Bad One says mentioned something about uh, Lennon possibly helping Burnley finish, you know, ahead of us. Uh, so this similar argument has been given against Sandro going to Newcastle. The possibility that uh, us in Newcastle could be scrapping in the same pile for the same spoils uh, in terms of this season. And so what do we think about? selling players to clubs that could possibly be in competition with us for uh, TV money and also possibly for relegation situation. What do, what do we think about that? For me personally, I don't think it's an issue because um, although Burnley have had a good year this year, I, I like to think that they're not going to be our competition long term, certainly not past the end of this year. Um, same with Newcastle. Um and at the end of the day, Lennon, in my eyes, although he has a, a decent spell for us, a surplus to requirements. So um, <clears throat> the fact that although they've had a, a good season so far, I think it's Evans' fault for being where they are in the league more than anything else. Um, so I've got no issue with it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest... I can I rate Burnley very highly. I think what they've done this season is incredible, and in a way, I kind of hope that they go on to like be able to do this, and then Lennon's able to sort of do that and show how he was so underrated at like teams like Spurs. Because 
I mean, I'd sort, I'd sort of really like it if Burnley sort of kick one of the top six out in a way, because our season's over, so we may as well just be a bit more supportive of other underdog clubs in a way. But I mean, if we if we can get back to their position, because they we basically swap roles with them in a way. Um, you know, they're the top seven team that are challenging to try and get Champions League places. We're struggling to keep our place in the top half of the table. So, you know, swings and roundabouts and all that. But no, I think I think he'll do well. And if it's selling to a direct rival, so be it. I mean, I'm not that bothered. I, I just hope he does well there. I, I think he'll do very well and I hope he does. So I guess my question, I mean, clearly I don't, I, I'm never going to want Burnley to finish ahead of us. Never. I'm just. I'm. I'm not gonna ever say. You know. Let's. I hope they finish ahead of us. And I don't think either of you guys are saying that either. But. Uh, but. Um, I, I obviously want him. I want him to do well, but not at the expense of Everton. You know. Um, but at the same time, I have to think he's a person. He seems like a nice guy. I'm never going to wish him ill will. Period. I'm just not. No. I feel like personal connection sometimes overrides those kind of things. You know. Humans, that's that. I know that's strange, but yeah, that's a thing. Um, how and, and also, there's a very logical thing here. Who do you sell him to? Right now, the way we're playing, if you want to sell him to someone who's not a direct rival to us, it's got to be one of the top four, five teams, and they will not buy him because, frankly, with the way we're playing, eight points separate the top like 10, 11 teams, right. Mm. Or no, I'm sorry. The bottom 10, 11 teams. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah sorry about yeah. that. Just, but um, but yeah. So it, that's the thing. So every if we sell him to anybody below us, then there's a concern that he'll help them gradually make get on us. So it's like if we don't sell him to Burnley, then who do you sell him to? So it's I think if you if you focus too much on who do you sell him to, then you end up not selling him, and you really need to drop the wages, don't we? Okay, all right. Let me let me let me say it then. What if uh, he can do well at Burnley? Burnley will finish above us, but they kick Liverpool out of the Champions League. I don't. I I just don't think any of that's going to happen. I don't think Burnley going to get close to that top six. So I, I'm yeah. fine with being. No, I think the top six is already done. Uh, yeah. I think Leicester and Burnley are going to have a little fight out for. Seventh and eighth, and then and then we'll just come snaking in. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd like to, but you know, we're we're scared of relegation again, aren't we? Uh, Yeah, I just want to see some performances. I just want to see some fight, some on the pitch. Really, that's the main thing. I want to see. I think really, yeah, our season's just going to be us trying to mess up the top six, and that's it. And we've already failed three times. Mm -hmm. So, and really. Really quick note about Sandro too. I think it's a win-win situation. Personally, I would rather mm. see him get some English club experience and possibly be able to play for us when the new manager comes in. So is the is the proposed deal a loan move? Is it? Yeah, they're paying all his wages and all that. Yeah, I'd happily take that. To be honest, I'd actually prefer that than the deal we have at the moment because if it, it a bit like you know a, a few people took notice of Nias. That hole, didn't he? When he when he scored a couple of goals, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so Ramirez managed to get maybe four or five goals between now and the end of the year. He'd certainly, I imagine, get a shot next year. I just want him playing in England. 
Period. Yeah. I want him to get used to the game. That's why yeah, I'd rather him go there yeah. than Sevilla. I, I think he's got to get adjusted to the league, and like you say, me asked it at Hull. He got he's got his bearings, and then he started hitting the ground running, and then yeah. we give him a chance to start next season. We'll see what happens. All right. I mean, that's yeah. what all really the top six clubs do, isn't it? Yeah. What's on means. Yeah. So, uh, I think we're all on the same page on that. Uh, so, guys, uh, anything else on Aaron Lennon? Other than good luck, man, we really appreciate the way you left the club compared to other people who left the club. Yeah. 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 You know yeah. what I mean? Hint, yeah. hint. So, yeah. That's what you're referring to there, Jerry. Just making conversation, guys. Uh, oh. So so that's it for our Aaron Lennon to Burnley segment. <laughs> So, guys, uh, had some good news recently. We've been talking all, you know, negative Nigel about how our play's been so poor. But you know what? Yesterday, uh, Seamus Coleman played 60 minutes in the U23 match with Portsmouth. Uh, you got to win 3-0. That game could have been 7-0. Uh, I, I watched it all streaming. It's so amazing when Everton streams their U23 matches on YouTube. It is wonderful. I hope you keep doing that, Everton. I'm sure you're watching. Uh, the whole club is watching. Uh, so, uh, so quickly, there's a few talking points from this from that match, though. Um, first of all, U23s look great. They're back to normal. They look great. Now, I realize that wasn't the strongest young side they were playing against in Portsmouth, but they looked good all around. Um, Coleman, though, Coleman looked uh, looked solid. Um, Sprightly. See the 50-50 challenge. Yes, saw the 50-50 oh. challenge. He was not. He didn't oh. shy away from it. And I love the fact that he got up and kind of patted the guy on the head. Uh, Seamus Coleman is just a, a superhuman. You know, he's, he's awesome. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about if he's in the squad, the first team set up in the next two, three weeks, okay, what does he bring besides experience to the to the starters that John Joe Kenny does not. Well, he brings that attack and content, uh, intense. Sorry, attack and intense. Uh, no, he, he's very much. He, he's got the ability to to defend, but I think we have drastically missed that outlet, which comes from those wing back positions. And I think Kenny is. I think he he can be solid in, in the in the in the tackle and defensively, but he's very limited going forwards. And, and I'm not completely writing him off for the future. He's still a young lad, but that's always always been Coleman's game. He probably could have been a right winger. Um, he was he really for a little won. while, right? Yeah, yeah that was, was just like his original FIFA card or something. Mm. Sorry, bringing the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, he did have a spell. It was similar to around the time Bale done it, where Bale went from like a wing back into a yeah. winger, and then obviously he's progressed into what he is now. But um, yeah, he was on the wing for a while, but I think he is better because the game's adapted to this wing back position as opposed to an out and out left or right back. Uh, um, it suited him down to the ground, and yeah, it, just having him back and having that outlet going forward it would be a massive game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Edward? I mean, I can't, I can't discredit Kenny. I think really, the only thing that's really lacking for him 
is his experience to know when to go forward and when to stay back and all that. And because if you look at him in the under 23s for last season, I think one of his crosses, one of his attacking crosses, actually won them the league and got them the goal that they needed. So he's definitely got the talent within him. It's just that experience and the bit of know-how into when to do it and when not to do it. Mm. So that, that'll come with time. I think David's absolutely right. We're needing that attacking outlet. And we, it's just the experience that goes with it, really, in my opinion. Um, I want to say I don't think... I think Kenny's attacking ability has been a little mis- misrepresented this season. I think he's better going forward than we've seen. I think you can see that when you when you watched him play with U23s and when you watched him play in the World Cup this past summer, he attacked and he combined well. But I think a big part of it is the way Everton have been playing this season. And he hasn't been able to really forge a partnership with a midfielder, with a winger, to kind of figure mm-hmm. out how to do a lot of that. Um, I think if he was a more experienced player, he could have acclimatized to that quicker and we would have seen that, which is where I think we're going to see Coleman do it. Um, like both of you mentioned, his experience is key. Um, we just have to hope that he's uh, he's going to fit in, he, that he's going to adjust well after the big. His injury was bad. Belasi, I don't think we've seen the normal Belasi yet. To some people, that even isn't very good anyway. So there's that. Uh, I, but I, I'm a little more positive about Belasi, but I still don't think he's shown a lot since he's been back. Um, I'm, I'm hoping Coleman... Uh, shows up quickly. The thing that uh-huh. I, I haven't m- mentioned yet, though, is the fact that Coleman is captain material. He is having somebody else who is accountable on the field and will lead. I love that. We are missing. We've got players from all over the place who were captains on their squad that we brought in. Okay. No offense. I think Kenny was captain of under twenty three. Well, he? yeah, he was. But that's that's the thing. Like we, you know, Ashley Williams. Uh, was a captain, uh, Sigurdsson at one point, Davy Clausen. These are captains. Martina as well. These are. He's the captain of his international team. Oh, I, that's <laughs> true. That is true. Curacao, that's true. Uh, so that's yeah, funny. Yeah, he's not the only one that does his research. I, I didn't remember that. That's well, funny. But, I do my research now. I've seen Curacao play because they're in the CONCACAF with US, and he is the bright spot. Yeah, they're not terribly strong best of the bad bunch yeah they're not they're not terrific but uh but anyway but the fact that he brings that i think he is a he is an experienced captain i think he will come in and start getting in people's asses you know Pardon? and not in the sexy way edward i'm talking about in the get in their face kind of way sorry i used the oh, word okay. ass i think he i think he won't but i i feel like coleman's a bit of a last of a dying breed really and I, I really, I'd really like us to try and get some silverware whilst he's still playing because I think his career deserves it. Um, but they, you know, when you look at the Everton dressing room now, I mean, never mind a, a couple of seasons ago. Even last year, the faces on the pitch were so different to what they are now, and it, it'll be good to have a player who's been there for you know X amount of time. What was it like eight or nine years? Um, who you know knows what this club's about with the likes of Leighton Baines and can can kind of pass that on to the other players, the new lads. The point I was going to make about Coleman, I think the difference between Coleman and some of our recent purchases 
is price tag. Uh, yeah, we paid a lot less for Coleman, so he came in and worked worked his ass off. Worked really hard, was proud to wear the shirt. He didn't come in with any kind of prima donna attitude or anything like that. I think the idea that he comes in, works for the shirt, and it means something to him. He appreciates being here. I don't know that everybody does. I mean, you look at some of these players we've, we've purchased. For a little while, they play well, and all of a sudden, they just take it for granted, and they don't really care about being on the field very much. That's the one thing that one of the reasons why I like Tom Davies. When he does play, he looks like he cares compared to Schneiderlin. I, at this point, I would play Tom Davies all day long over Schneiderlin, mainly because of effort. All right? You know I've got a thing. I'm a big Tom Davies supporter. Uh, and, yeah, I know. So but, but that's the thing. I think Tom Davies actually has the ability to go forward. He makes passes forward. He's not afraid to hold on to the ball. He's brave, sometimes to his detriment. But I think the fact that he's willing to take, take chances, that's what we need right now. So yeah. I'd love to see him slot in instead of Schneiderlin. But the thing is, by doing that, you sort of still have two defensive presences right there. But he does tend to go forward more than the crab. So... Uh, Anyway, this is Coleman we're talking about. I, I think Coleman, Coleman's attitude is one of the main things that we gain. Um, yeah, leadership. We mean we need it. Um, yeah. We're lacking it. So that's the that's the thing I want to make sure. I, I that's what I'm looking most forward to. You know, mm. somebody's going to take responsibility. Um, yeah. Also, Luke Garbett played guys, and now. And Big Sam was there, Walsh was there, Shakespeare was there, <laughs> the heavy hitters were there watching. Uh, he didn't really have to face a whole lot of defensive challenges, you know what I mean? Because he was, uh, they were playing Portsmouth and they sort of dominated. So he didn't really get challenged that much on, you know, uh, for a lot of defen- or, uh, offensive players coming at him. Uh, but he mm-hmm. looked decent in defense, he looked decent. Uh, and offensively, he looked really good. His left foot, no one has questioned his left peg ever. All right? It looks great. He put in some killer corners, some really good dead balls. He looks to be – see, I know you guys have a different version of what the word weapon means, so I just want to be clear about about what I'm about to say. Here, it means like a weapon, as in something that will help the attack. All right? I'm not saying anything else. Gross people. So, uh, but he looks like a weapon. All right? Mm. Still doesn't sound right. Anyway. (laughs) So, but it it was, I I thought he looked good. And I think if Sam goes away from that thinking, we're better off offensively with Cuco Martina, then there's something wrong in his brain. I mean, he's been playing two defensive mids and one striker, so there might already be something wrong in his brain. But... I'll leave that. I'll leave that for now. Don't want to insult our manager. Much. But they were they were there. He looked decent. I think we could easily see him start to get some time soon, really soon. Um, yeah. You know, I thought it was quite funny. Um, I saw a comment on one of the Facebook pages or something that said we've already got, ironically, we've got a better fullback appearing in the under-23s than we have in the first team squad. Yeah. No, we totally do. I saw the same, I saw the same yeah. comment. I saw the same comment. I did actually, when Coleman went out, uh, uh, was it? What's his name? Uh, Marcolo, Nathangelo Marcolo, the guy we bought from yeah, Holland. Like I thought he looked decent. I was not expecting him to look decent. I thought he looked all right. 
Um, mm. Additionally, standout players besides that, Anthony Evans looks great. Kid looks great. I did not know he was that strong. He looked yeah. like a dominant attacking midfielder. He reminded me of watching Dowell play, actually. Put a lot of <laughs> smart passes forward. Just pulled the trigger whenever he felt like it, and he was close. It was a crime that he did not get a goal yesterday. He looks good. Sam goal. Like, that I don't, was, that oh, was... Oh, I was going to mention the fact that he got a brace, but that one goal was crazy looking. Uh, yeah, and he could have had more. Uh, the whole, mm-hmm. like I said, it should have been 7-0. Uh, they, they kept saying Boningami. I always say Boningami, whatever. Regardless, he looks solid still. I think he should be around the first team. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he got dropped. I he mean, just... he's played well every time he's been in. I don't get it. Yeah. You know? When uh, Gay got hurt, I thought the first thing we were going to do is move him, move Boningami into the starters. I have no idea. He just stopped going in the squad. Big yeah. Sam's got a thing. Man, I don't know. How he could watch that yesterday, though, and not want to play him, I, I don't know. But he looks good. Lookman didn't, Lookman didn't get included, did he? No. Not in the squad? No. He, he? he did not play. Um, no. Also, uh, I like the look of uh, Lewis Gibson, too. Uh, kid we bought from, was it Newcastle? Uh, he yeah. just looks very composed. He's, mm. he's a big kid. Uh, he just looked like he, the game looks easy for him. Uh, yeah. He just looks very... Calm and cool back there. I think we're looking at a future first team center back in the next like two or three years. He's not ready yet because he's young. He's really young. So, agreed, agreed. But, um, Mm. these are good players though. I mean, there's some obviously like maybe two percent of the players I watched yesterday are going to get into the first team and actually play. Very few of them, but they're just they look good. Some good looking kids. There's definitely some chances. Selections to choose from of, of quality players, though, isn't there? If yeah. you've got a, a good pool of quality, then you can kind of take what you want from it. And mm-hmm. It made me realize, though, watching those kids play, um, you really need fortune to move into the first team. If you're, let's yeah. say, Anthony Evans, all right? Anthony Evans is behind Sigurdsson, Rooney, Kieran Dowell, all those players to possibly play a center attacking mid role. And, and if, that's not a question if we bring anyone else in. Exactly. So he's behind all of those. So he needs injuries. He needs people to fall out of form. He needs a lot to, to even get a chance. I mentioned how strong he looks. He's not going to get into the first team next year. You know, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is why the bulk of uh, youth players have to go leave the lower league clubs and work their way back up because they just don't get the chance. Mm-hmm. At the league level, because so much pressure on it. Definitely, and, you know, you get bummed when we sell players like Liam Walsh. Yeah, good, good young player who everybody saw a lot of talent in. You wonder, Ryan Ludson as yeah. well. These are these are solid solid players who you think uh, eventually they'll get a chance, but because other players just happen to be playing well while they're here, they want to go out and they want to make their way. They want to go ahead and they yeah. they want to stop putting their career on hold. Well, Calvert-Lewin sort of like the perfect example of how to get lucky. You know, we sell our star man, our strikers aren't doing well. We bring another one in who seems to do good with his chance. Yeah. He, he was lucky to get as much time as he has right off the bat. It happens. But it's, yeah. it's rare. So, yeah. um, anyway, keep, uh, keep all this in perspective. Uh, I do think Coleman's going to come in. He'll be great. Back to normal soon. And I think Garbett will come in and will give us some balance. 
Um, I'm really hoping so. The problem, I, I the problem is, if, the problem is, if he does that, we might. I'm wondering if we're going to buy a left back. Well, but if we have Garbin, then we won't need another left back. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know we'll if Bane's being in and out injured, and we've got no one in case uh, Garbin gets injured. What are we, what are we well, left with? More Martina. Bruno's yeah. Mori, Lewis Gibson. Uh, Lewis Gibson is a left center back, as is. I, I like the idea of playing left backs at left back rather than having left center backs move over. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to get no attacking intent from uh, Funes Mori if he plays left back. I'm excited to see him come back. I hope he gets to play. I hope he's back normal. Anyway, that is the end of our U23s segment. Coleman got some playing time. Garbutt looks good. Uh, who knows? These people could, uh, could give us a little new life. Um, I reckon they timed the substitutions. For what? Coleman, you know, like the 60th minute or something like that. You know, just because of the 60 grand thing. Don't oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, that's <laughs> very... Aha! <laughs> All right. Good effort, though. Let's blame Jerry for not being on the same wave, then. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah, because oh, you, know, you got the, that oh. immediately, didn't you, David? <laughs> Always do. <laughs> So guys, if as if we we had not talked about Marco Silva enough, we we apparently need to talk about him some more. Um, it's a golden opportunity. You know, let's just let's just beat this dead horse some more. Um, so Silva, after a very long stretch of uh, poor results at Watford, uh, got sacked recently. Watford blamed Everton for their unwarranted approach, uh, claiming that it uh, turned his head. And because of that, he had pretty much decided to leave and that he had already begun planning bringing other players to Everton as well. Hence, their performances dropped as well. So they sacked him. Uh, So uh, they had turned us down for 15 million pound uh, approach. They turned us down on that. Uh, so, what was that? I'm just, just laughing at the irony of this yeah. whole situation. It's the weirdest thing. So, so right now, what we're dealing with, um, because a lot of supporters are not happy with Big Sam and our style of play, and uh, yeah, and our little run we've been on recently. Um, so it's let's let's consider the situation here. Okay, I hear a lot of people flat out saying we shouldn't want Silva anymore. He's he's failed at two clubs. Um, they, they've said he didn't. His record recently at Watford means he's not a, not the manager we need, and he also got Hull relegated. So why would we we be in for him now? Uh, other people say don't sack Sam right now because we need a little stability. And what would it do to the players to bring in another manager in the middle of the season? Okay, so where do you guys stand? All right, because it seems to me there's three possibilities here. Three. Uh, we can keep Sam and grab Silva in the summer. We could sack Sam and grab Silva now. We could keep Sam till the summer and grab someone else. That's pretty much. Those are our. Or we could just keep Sam forever. I forgot there is a fourth one. I wasn't considering it, but that is a possibility. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll do. Don't need that fourth one. <laughs> That's why I didn't really consider it a possibility until I just 
realized, oh, I should say it. But um, so, guys, uh, what what is your preference? How are you feeling about this? Um, I, I, well, I, at the time, I wasn't convinced by silver. I got on board because the, there wasn't much in the way of options. Uh, it didn't end up happening anyway. But he's never he's never completed a full season as a manager, which for me says a lot. Um, and equally, if you're a great manager, you're going to always be under speculation. And if him or his side can't handle that, then I think that speaks volumes. Um, in terms of bringing them in, I just wouldn't bring him in full stop. I wouldn't bring him in now because although I'm I'm fed up of Allardyce, I think he's the wrong appointment. I don't think we need another managerial movement. And in the summer, I do hope Allardyce is gone, but I think we need to go in for someone else. Okay, so that's... Choice number three, option C, keep Sam to the summer and grab someone else. Edward, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, if we go all the way back to when we didn't have a manager and, you know, before Sam actually came in, uh, what wondrous times. Um, (laughs) I was never, you all remember, I was never on the Marco Silva bandwagon. I remember in one video in particular, I think, David had the great analogy, and he brought it up with uh, "once a cheater, always a cheater," which basically summarised my view on it. Because I, I knew you were going to say that. That's really funny. I was thinking about mentioning quoting Edward. I thought it was Edward's line. That's funny. Well, no, I, I was I was referring to it. David was the one that actually said it. In all <laughs> so all credit when it's due. But I still got that view now. I've just heard, guys. Okay, I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to clear that up. Uh, but I think. Don't get me wrong, I think he could be a good manager, but to do it now would be really stupid. Uh, he's definitely better than Allardyce, but looking at what how he treated Watford, would he do the same for us? Quite possibly. Would he be better with us? Quite possibly. But it's all just a bit of would he, should we, maybe not. Um, so no, I, I, wouldn't go for, I wouldn't go for him full stop, just go for someone else, because if Big Sam brings this whole like stability and gets us a bit better like he's supposed to be doing, we can aim a bit higher in a way. All right. So I'll just say right now, I think this year at this point is about making sure we don't drop too far down the table. All right. Mm. Like I, I thought it wasn't really as big of a concern. I thought Sam had won us enough points to where I was more comfortable and then I saw some of the teams near the bottom winning some games. Uh, I watched Swansea uh, beat the RS at the, yeah, you know yeah. on Monday. And that's another thing. Should we be trying to sign Alfie Mawson? You know, considering he can score against them. Uh, see, that's another. He's been mentioned again. You buy from Sorry, Swansea, we'll you're going to pay double right now. Uh, so the real, I don't know. I, I think the safest option right now is you go with the manager who has never been relegated. Right now, Sam is the safest plan for this season. All right? It just is safe. I hate talking like this, guys. I feel like an idiot. But it's just but it's the way it is. If we were you know thinking it's bad when Jerry has to be negative. Yeah, but, and that's the thing. It feels negative to say it and I'm I'm almost mm. talking myself out of it. But if I'm if I'm the Everton higher-ups, and I think, well, we got to make sure we don't get relegated. Sam is the safest option. I don't think Allardyce is the manager to whisk us into the future. I think uh, we we got a very 
clear idea or a hint of, of where Mashiri wants to take the club uh, with the subject of our next video. You should check that out in a minute, which is the fact that uh, uh, we've been talking to PSV football director Marcel Bruns uh, about possibly bringing him in uh, in a, some sort of role. We can discuss that more later, but I think that right there gives us an idea that maybe Moshiri is thinking about hiring someone that's not Big Sam, all right? Uh, and we, we'll go into more detail about that later, and I'll try to explain that later in the other video because that's not this video. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, so honestly, I, I, my advice right now is keep Sam till the summer and grab the best candidate. That might be Silva when, by the time we get there. It might be, all right? I want to just reevaluate everybody at that time. My, my preference is Fonseca from Shakhtar. That's, that's my – I hope we get him. I think we didn't get him last time because they said no. Not that he said no, but they said no because um, they didn't mm-hmm. want to lose their manager before Champions League games, and they're in the middle of the season. I get it. Okay. You know, understood. Um, so, yeah, I – so I, I, if it, keep him till then and then reevaluate everyone. That's, I feel like that's kind of a cop-out, but I think you hire the best person. Just don't make the decision now. Who knows who the best one is later. Uh, rumor is, though, that Silva might be going to Southampton. So oh. that's, a, that's a thing. So if he goes to Southampton, we know Mushiri's got someone else in his sights, and they've already talked to them. Simeone. <laughs> oh, hey. He's apparently right now Atletico looks like a, a bit of a dumpster fire, which is weird for Atletico because they've usually they're usually so sound, but right now they don't look great. That could mean Simeone that leaves. Might, that might mean Griezmann will go. Oh, I don't want him to go to United. I don't know with the people yeah. United's buying right now. I don't know if they want him. You know what I mean? I don't mean? know if that would be left, even even by United standards. I think that Sanchez contract is. Oh, that is ridiculous. You know, they're spending 51 million on wages a year just on Pogba, Ibrahimovic, Lukaku, and Sanchez. Yeah. Well, I think Ibrahimovic's days are numbered there, though, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, well, he'll be, be cut loose, but still, still a lot of money, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Totally is. Too much. So, Too much. So basically, all, you, know, you two guys are saying keep Sam till the summer and then grab somebody else. I'm saying keep Sam till the summer and then grab whoever the best option is at that time. And like I said, it might be Silva. We're, we're saying essentially the same thing, as, except for you guys are both saying no to Silva. I'm yeah. saying maybe. Which is... I think really it's going to be a whole thing with uh, transfers, like with players. You know, you, you're, you're, bu- you're buying in a manager who could be a really good one. You know, could be really cheap, could take us to the next level. Um, or... We could spend big, be a complete flop, or we go on someone who looks all right but could potentially move to a bigger club. I think what's what's a concern for me right now is we've got Allardyce as our manager, and we're spending money with Allardyce as our manager, and his style is completely different uh-huh. than these managers that we're talking about that might be coming in. That's a concern. Yeah. yeah. All right? They're just not the same. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Um yeah, if I didn't know any better, that that seems like they're planning on him potentially staying. But we got to get results, and he's yeah. got to win. If he doesn't produce, then that's not even an option. I don't know. I think he's gone, Summer, and I always have. Whatever. Um, so, 
Uh, I think we've covered this pretty thoroughly. Uh, I know people have opinions about this. This is a big – I see all over Twitter and message boards, people have strong opinions about this one. All right? Yeah. So if you guys have any comments about that, chime in. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think Jerry Barton had a really good analogy and all that saying – well, I think he's really pro, like, Silver coming in. But I've listened to his TalkSport interview about it. It's quite interesting, quite an interesting one. Okay. I did not do that. Mm. So. Basically comparing um, both of them to houses. And it's it's quite interesting, actually. Okay. There you go. After, after watching all the Toffee Blues videos, though, because you need to do that first <laughs> and subscribe and make sure... You're liking and commenting on that. All right. So let's finish this up. That's the end of the Silva sacked now what segment. Because now what, right? (laughs) Guys, last thing. News came out today. And I hopefully, I'm hoping this news hasn't been thwarted by the time this video gets out, which happens sometimes. But apparently Everton have been speaking to Marcel Bronze of PSV, previously I think of AZ Alkmaar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But um, he is a, a football a director of football at PSV, and he's done a lot in terms of bringing players in, selling players. He's... Apparently a pretty darn good director of football and is a good judge of talent. Understands how to put together uh, a squad um, and get good value for them. So it's interesting because uh, to me, this particular hire with Allardyce being uh, Steve Walsh's guy, this to me says, number one, Moshiri is not satisfied with our current transfer policy. Uh, and number two, he may be thinking about a different manager for the end of the season. So I've heard a number of rumors about this particular hire if it happens. Number one, I've heard Chelsea were also in for him, but I don't believe they are anymore. I think he was a previous former link, so I don't think he is still. So I think it's more just us talking to him. I think that's what's going on. Um, I've heard that he's going to be kind of more focused globally. So I think that was uh, the, the hint was that Walsh's signings from from afar have not been on point, and uh, but his, his his signings inside Britain have been solid. I think that was the hint there. Um, so yeah, so he could come on as director of football, and Walsh takes a little bit of a demotion, or it could be that uh, he ends up sitting side by side with Walsh, kind of being co-directors, or maybe he works under Walsh. Um, don't know the situation right now, and we haven't even hired him yet. So what do you guys see as possibly being the situation and how this moves forward and what this means for Everton if it does happen? Well, uh, if I'm being honest, I'm not a massive fan of that whole director football um, structure. And I think so far for Everton, it it hasn't worked. You know, we spent a lot of money and we'll have one of the worst seasons we've had in a long time. So... For me, the, the answer is not then bring another one in alongside the one we've already got. If he's thinking of being cutthroat and relieving Walsh of his duties, then fair enough. But, we, we, you know, what, what's the saying? Too many chefs in the kitchen. I I've think that's that. a, that's a good prime example. So, 
I'm not really a fan of this either. Replace Walsh or change the structure. Don't just be bringing in another director of football. Um, as I said, I'm not even a true believer in the in the the, um, the structure of the club of having a director of football anyway. So yeah, not overly impressed. Mm-hmm. I think really the view with me, I I do agree to a certain extent with the director of football. It just seems like a pointless title to make us look like a fancy club. But I can't think of any other clubs in really the world that have got two directors of football. So maybe us doing it with two might be like the way forward and like show it might actually work because no one's ever tried it before. And then there's also that being the problem. No one's ever tried it before. We don't know if it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it could also be a whole thing of, are we wanting to get, like, are we planning to have a, a different, you know, view for next season? Are we planning ahead? And to me, that's sort of a bit, in a way, insulting to Stephen, Sam, just because of the fact that they're still in the minute and they're people with jobs. And if we basically replace them because they're not good enough mid-season, one, it's going to unsettle the team and unsettle the club, maybe, in a way as well. Because mm. there's such a thing as, like, too many. And I think I came up with the too many chefs quote. I don't know. but I actually saw somebody apply it on Twitter. Uh, they said possibly, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen. That's why when, when David said it, I was like, oh, I've heard that. I meant not that I've heard the saying because everybody has. I've heard it re- directly related to this, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, i got to be honest. I agree if they make them co-directors, I agree with that. Uh, I think you got to make one of them the head. And yeah. what I think is going to happen is they'll make the new fellow the head. And Walsh will go down more to a director of scouting role, much more similar to what he was doing at Leicester. But he's going to be getting paid more than he was at Leicester. Hence, it's a, still a better gig. So it's, it's in a sense a little bit of a demotion, but he's still sticking with the club. Um, I think a big reason is I think it's because uh, Mashiri wants to get a European coach. You know, I, I think it's I, – I honestly, I'm feeling in my bones that we're getting Fonseca. I don't know why. I just feel like I think he wants to get – uh, and, and he knows that if he's getting a, a manager from outside of Britain, then they're going to want more players, and they're going to want those particular players from outside of Britain to stick and to immediately work. You know, Clausen and Sandro's situation, although if we were in a position to be patient, they possibly could be brought in and they could work. But right now, it's just not, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've... I'm actually a believer in the director of football position. I just think it would be great if we could be patient to learn it. And we haven't really yeah. been able to do that. We're not in that position. So We haven't really got the time either to be patient with it. Exactly. So that's where, that's where I totally agree with you guys. The fact that a lot of the major clubs in the world have this position, they've figured out this system, I do think we want to be in that upper echelon. And I think there's a reason why they have that particular system. Um, what I like best about this possibility is it means someone at the top sees problems. They're not, yeah. you're, they're not looking at the way, the current state of Everton and saying, stay the course, you know, they're saying, screw this. It's not good enough. We got to fix it. I like that. Yeah, yeah I do. You know, yeah. uh, I think it's that's the main, the most encouraging thing about just the fact that we're even considering this move. So. I think it's uh, like Mishiri being a businessman. He's just thinking, 
my investment ain't going well. I need to do something about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fair to say at the end of this year, even if it doesn't happen now, there's going to be an inquest into what's happened this season, isn't there? So yeah. I, I think some heads will be on the chopping block. Uh, I so. The only other thing I would mention is I do think when you sell a player for as much as we sold Lukaku for and bringing in an influx, a lot of them, a lot of new faces, it's not the easiest thing to bring them in and develop chemistry quickly. Um, no. I think when you look at what Spur, what happened to Spurs right after they sold Bale and they brought in all yeah. those players, they, I mean, they brought in. I think a lot of people thought that the majority of those signings were bad signings. That they, mm. when they brought them in, really, it's only really two of them that have been really successful, isn't it? Ericsson and Dembele, and that's really it. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it though. They also brought in Lamella, who has not played poorly in the past couple of seasons. He's just been hurt, mm-hmm. and mm. Paulinho, who played awful for them, but now plays for Barcelona. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. So they're not bad players. It's just a situation. It's tough to bring in that many players. So we are in a situation like that. Um, they but- didn't have Pochettino at that point, did they? No, they had Even Sherwood, season, right? Yeah, yeah. They still had some managerial, but not as much transition as we've had. You know, yeah. and not as fast. So you never know, boys. We could be the next Spurs. I still don't think we've handled this situation the right way. You know, no. so I'm not defending anything. I just think it's a tough one not easy so all right guys we should wrap it up anything else on this no cool don't have enough to say about it really (laughs) all right so that's our uh potential new director of football marcel brown's segment and that's also the end of the big show for the podcasters if you've been listening via podcast thank you subscribe to the toffee blues podcast and rate it if you can uh so, also, if you've been digging the videos, please subscribe. All right? Uh, reach, we're really close to 500. We're getting there, and thanks for that. Like, comment, tell us what you think about the director of football position. What in the heck's going on there? Got to figure it out. Um, uh, check, out uh, check out Edward's stuff on his YouTube channel, Jam, Jam E. James. Details are below. Also, check out David's stuff on both the Sportsman and the Toffee Blues website. Check out the Toffee Blues website. Uh, all kinds of articles about Everton on there. Uh, check them out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And that's it. We're done plugging. David Woo. has to go to di- dinner. And I'm sure Edward's got uh, practice with his band. So we should go. That's it. Thanks so much. That's all. Love you. Bye. Adios. Adios.